0: وَأَشْهَدْ a shadwala ilaha illa law, what the hula sharikala, what a shadwana Mohammed and Abduhu or a Sulu, Sala who are he was salam. Yah, you had Ladina Aman of Takula, haka to Muslimun. Yah, you had Ladina Aman of Takula, Sadida, Yoslehlakum Ama, Lacum, Wail, batch of ayat in the famous constellation, cluster of verses that refer to fasting, that refer to Ramadan, the first reason that Allah gives us as to why He has prescribed fasting for us, لَعَلَّكُمْ so that we can come closer to Him. This is an invitation directly from Allah Azza wa Jal for each and every one of us as best we can to come closer to Him. And even if somebody cannot fast due to one reason or another, there are still other ways to come closer to Him. The point is this month out of all of the months of the year in terms of the duration of the entire month is the perfect opportunity for each and every one of us to try to increase in good and to try to decrease in bad. And we ask Allah to help all of us as we try our best to go down this path of coming closer to him. The first thing Allah mentions, And then afterwards Allah mentions the days of fasting. There are a limited number of days. This is an amazing opportunity for all of us, for any kind of good deed. But it's a few days. It's a few days. But then, in terms of the Quran, Allah mentions the entire month. And one of the key ways, not the only way, of course, there are different ways, but one of the key ways for us to connect with the Quran is to listen to its beautiful recitation. The first of the four things that Allah mentions himself regarding the mission of the Prophet. For the Prophet to focus on these four things, to fulfill these four primary responsibilities, Wasallam. number one is the recitation of the Qur'an. Allah specifically mentions the recitation of the Qur'an. Now, if the Prophet is reciting, we wish we could have had this opportunity, but we say Alhamdulillah. We make the most of our uh, of our circumstances as best we can, and we hope to be from among those Wa minhum bihim. We hope to be from among those to catch up with the Prophet and the companions. Had we been in that situation, though, if the Prophet is reciting Quran, sallallahu wasallam, what would we have been doing? We would have been listening. Not just listening with our mind, you know, thinking about this issue or that issue, listening intently, listening intently with the intention, not just to follow the recitation, but also to follow the recitation. Not just to listen to the words and to follow the words, but to also follow the action items mentioned within those words. What was the motto of the companions in terms of how they lived their lives in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ? قَالُوا Before the Battle of Badr, what did one of the, the key ansar companions tell the Prophet? If you were to march into the ocean, we're following you. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to be like those at the time of Prophet Musa who said, anta قَاعِدُونَ We're not going to be like those who told Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, go fight you and your Lord. We're going to sit right here. We're going to be nice and cozy right here. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to get up and move. We don't want to do anything for the sake of Allah. We want to sit here, you go put in the work, but we still want to get the full paycheck and the full benefits. We don't want to do any of the work though. That doesn't work in terms of dunya, that doesn't work in terms of deen. They told the Prophet, we've got your back, not just bil qawli, but also bil amal. Not just with words, but also with actions. Not just with our effort and our time, but also with our blood and our lives when it's necessary to defend the Prophet. In the Battle of Uhud, when, when, when there was that U-turn and things were, when, when chaos was, was being wreaked everywhere... You had companions jumping in front of the Prophet, getting in the way of the Prophet when arrows were being thrown at him, when they were being shot at him. What is that other than love for the Prophet What is that other than sami'na wa at'ana? So when we listen to the Qur'an, we don't just want to listen, we want to live it as best we can. And then in terms of the next ayah, when Allah mentions dua, one of the best hacks, sunnah hacks that we can take advantage of in general, especially during this blessed month, is to give sadaqah. is to give charity, to give extra charity, and to connect that charity with dua. When Allah tells us to call upon him, if we're smart, we're not just just going to make dua as extremely important and pivotal as that is, but we want to step our own game up. We want to help ourselves by connecting our du'a with sadaqa, To give a good amount and then to ask Allah for whatever it is that we truly want within our hearts. If there's something that's going on in our lives that's good, to give sadaqah and to thank Allah, Allah will give us more. And then we give more, then Allah gives us more. Then we give more, we thank Allah more, Allah gives us more. You see the cycle, but step one in that thousand step cycle is up to us. Are we willing to give and trust Allah? Are we willing to make du'a and ask Allah? This pattern, we also find it in Surah Taghaban, when Allah says, Have as much taqwa as you can. Thinking back to Surah ba- Baqara, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And then what does Allah say? Wa ati'u, and listen and obey. شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ To listen and obey to the Qur'an. And then when Allah mentions dua, where do we find that in this ayah? In terms of just reflecting on the pattern, And give charity, it's good for you. If Allah created us, and Allah knows every single thing going on in the heavens and the earth, if Allah knows about every single leaf that drops from a a tree, and every single seed that's planted in the ground, Allah is well aware of the good and the bad that we're dealing with in our lives. And the secret to both of them is for us to give sadaqah. If we have good and we want to protect it, guaranteed protection from the one who created the heavens and the earth, then we have to give something for the sake of Allah. We have to show our gratitude for the sake of Allah. If we do that during good times, Allah will protect the rest of the good. And if we give during bad times, Allah will turn the bad into good in ways that we could have never imagined. But in both cases, the onus is on us. Are we willing to give that sadaqa and then to connect it with dua? We ask Allah to accept our du'as. We ask Allah to forgive our sins. We ask Allah together, all of us in paradise. وَآخِرُ دَعَوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد الله رب العالمين وصلاة على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصالل على النبي يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَى مُح What does it all conclude with this? What does Allah say after? He says, have taqwa as best you can. Everyone is different. Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. This is why we need community. This is why we need the masjid. We need the masjid just like the body needs the heart. Our iman needs the masjid just like the body needs the heart. How can we live without a heart? How can our iman live without a masjid? How can our iman live without the masjid? Project number one, priority number one for the Prophet himself, when he arrives in what would become known as his city, Medina to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What was his vision? What was priority number one? Was it to, 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 to build this huge structure with massive towers? And priority number one, let's build a masjid. Let it be out of mud brick. Let it be with a very simple roof such that when it rains, the rain goes through. And the Prophet and the companions, they pray and they do sajda in mud. And then afterwards, they're content. May Allah accept our prayer. What was priority number one? It was the masjid, because the Prophet is teaching us if we want to grow and thrive wherever we may be placed on this earth, we need to establish a masjid. The masajid that were built overseas, many of them were built a long time ago, and many are still being built today. We ask Allah to accept everyone's efforts. For us here in this country, here and now, we have a unique opportunity to plant the seeds. At some point, the, the, the first university in human history Built by a Muslim, sponsored by a Muslim woman, Fatima al Fihriya, in none other than Morocco. In none other than Morocco. Think about the symbolism in that. For humankind, think about the symbolism. She had a lot of wealth. What was her priority? What did she want to do? Build a center of learning. Because she cared about the generations to come after her. So we have to ask ourselves now, that was many, many centuries ago. Think of all the edger, inshallah, that she's getting until now. There's a point in history when you have the chance either to water trees or to plant seeds. In this country, we're in, the, we're in the position to plant the seeds and then we try to water them but then hopefully that comes afterwards. But we have to plant those seeds. Our kids and grandkids, they're not going to have any trees to water if we don't plant the seeds today. So I humbly ask each and every one of you just give me two minutes after we conclude the prayer. We have a very brief fundraiser. You know I don't like to take too much time regarding these things. Afterwards, please give what you can. We ask Allah to accept our efforts and to couple Your donation with a dua, whatever is good in your life, give and thank Allah when you get in your car, when you get home. And if you have problems in your life, give and then make dua asking Allah to turn those lemons into lemonade before your eyes in ways that only Allah knows. It's possible and we know it's possible, but we have to give and trust Allah. We trust our bankers, we trust our investors, we trust so many people. But do we trust the one who made us in the first place, who gave us what we have in the first place? If a parent gives their kid everything growing up. Should that parent really have to ask when they're 60, 65, can you please give me a little bit? It's a shame if they even have to ask. Allah gives us everything. And then Allah says, give me something. And then we're a little hesitant. How would you feel if you were that parent? If You shouldn't even have to ask your kid for anything. And even if you ask, it shouldn't be a small amount. What should happen is the kid goes to the parent and they give more and they give more and they give more. That's how we live our iman. Not only in terms of people, but also with Allah Azza wa Jal. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. Rubbana aati na fid dunyia hasana wa fil aakhirati hasana wa We ask Allah to open our hearts. We ask Allah to fill them with His light, with His peace and contentment. Amni Rubbil Alamin. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to guide and protect our kids and grandkids, so on and so forth, until the end of time. Amni Rubbil Alamin. Wa umiru illa wa wa wa